Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That crazy. On a Tuesday! It's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing, baby. That All Even Wave. I keep trying to tell y'all, get on that wave, don't get left behind, lots to get into, NBA is just all over the place, we're going to talk about Bizarro World and what's going on in these NBA playoffs, we have the Ben Simmons situation, what's going on with Philly, what are they going to do, NBA lottery was tonight, we find out who's picking where, recap and preview, and then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, so let's just jump right into it, I just hate I hate being right. (laughs) I hate being right. I hate being right sometimes. And when I'm right, my friends will tell you that it's the worst thing that could happen because I'm always going to be like, hey, I I told you so. I've been saying from day one, even before the regular season kicked off, I like Brooklyn. They have a talented team. They have KD and Kyrie and – You know, I see that they can be able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I can see that they can get to the NBA Finals if everything breaks right. However, the one team that's going to be able to stand in their way is Milwaukee. Then Brooklyn gets James Harden and everybody, you know, they're all on fire. Oh, the Brooklyn Nets, they're so good. Who's stopping them? I said, as good as they are offensively, They're even worse defensively. But if there's going to be a team that will stop them, it's Milwaukee. I've said it all season long. Saturday night was one of the best games we've ever watched in the playoffs. It had back and forth. It had both stars giving their all. Kevin Durant drops 48 points. Almost hits the game-winning three-pointer if it wasn't for his big-ass foot. We'd be saying that Brooklyn is getting to the NBA Finals. But the story of that game was the bench, the role players. Who was going to step up and help Kevin Durant? He played the entire game. And he wore down an OT. 
Nobody can be able to hit a shot. Joe Harris over the last two games was dreadful. Jeff Green, who had a great game five, was nowhere to be found. James Harden <laughs> does what James Harden does. Five for 17, 22 points. Inefficient. And we later find out that his strain or his, you know, hamstring problem was worse than reported. Really? I mean, I knew that. He shouldn't have played. Kudos to him for trying and trying his best to help his team. But the other thing that I said about the Brooklyn Nets is that are they going to be there to finish this off? Are they going to be healthy enough to see it through? KD coming off the Achilles, he proved that he can be able to stay healthy, but you saw him wear down. Kyrie Irving, who's had durability issues over the last six seasons, showed you that this is what happens when you bank on him. This is what happens when you have to rely on him, is that he may not be there physically. And James Harden, hell, he might as well be hurt in street clothes because when he's playing, especially in an elimination game, James Harden disappears. So where does Brooklyn go from here? They have Joe Harris that's on the contract that has a very lofty contract, I may add. Spencer Dinwiddie, who declined his $12 million player option. He's going to be on the open market. Doctor just cleared him. He's completely recovered or healthy from his ACL tear. So he's going to be one of the hot commodities in, in the open market. DeAndre Jordan is unplayable. He may have to consider retiring. They have a lot of holes to fill. Bruce Brown, I'm sure he's going to be gone. There's a lot of guys that I don't see coming back next year. Maybe I see Blake Griffin coming back. I can see Blake Griffin taking another veteran-laden deal. He's making a ton of money. He's made a ton of money in his career. He's with his friends here in Brooklyn, so I don't see why he wouldn't come back. Jeff Green, the same thing. I can see him coming back on a vet men. But how are they going to be able to fill out this roster adequately enough to not have this happen to them again. Because the thing is, you have those three superstars, it's fine. But durability is a concern. So you're going to need backup when those guys go down. Not if, when those guys go down. They didn't have that this year. So Sean Marks has a lot of work to do to be able to get guys that can be able to fill in for when these guys are not available, for when the big honchos or the big stars on this team are not there. They need guys that can be able to score and also play a little defense. Hard to find, I know. 3 and D guys are not easy to find in the NBA, especially in a weak free agent market, especially with a team that's financially strapped the way Brooklyn is. It's not much that they can really do. They can only hope that guys are willing to take pay cuts, sort of like how the Miami Heat had to do it. Can they figure that out? Can they do that? Is this a destination 
for guys to go to? That's a really, really interesting question. And if I were to answer that question, I'd say no. I like the fact that Kevin Durant is healthy. I like the fact that he showed the ability to lead his team and carry his team. But if I'm a player, I have big concerns about Kyrie Irving's availability. If I'm a player, a veteran player that's looking for a championship, I'm concerned about James Harden. I'm concerned about his work ethic or his availability in the playoffs or his ability to rise to the occasion in the playoffs. It's a lot of things that I'm concerned about. I'm also concerned about this staff because what I saw in game seven was a head coach, a rookie head coach at that, that had no idea what he was doing. And what I mean by that is that he played seven guys. Guys were exhausted. Kevin Durant barely could lift his arms and his legs in OT. He missed the final six shots. He missed all his shots in overtime. Just didn't have enough. Didn't have any gas left. How can you blame him? He played the entire game. But when you play seven guys in a game seven, that to me screamed Mike D'Antoni. It just screamed the lack of awareness that you're going to need some extra guys to be able to, you know, get some fouls or at least give your stars some time to recover on that bench. Or even give a guy like Joe Harris a breather and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with somebody else for a four or five minute span. That's the game. Certain decisions like this that coaches make, they make or break playoffs. They make or break your ability or your chance to win a championship. And that's what I saw out of Steve Nash and this coaching staff. They panicked. And when you panic that bad, this is going to happen to you. So what is my prediction for the Brooklyn Nets in the offseason? I think Spencer Dinwiddie's gone. Maybe they work out a sign-and-trade because I know that he enjoyed his time here in Brooklyn. So maybe they work out a sign-and-trade to get some assets back because assets are always going to be needed for a team like this, second-round picks, stuff like that, to be able to fill out this roster. So I can see that happening. I can also see Brooklyn trying to make a, a trade to get themselves a 3 and D guy. Joe Harris, as good as he is, is just not really a good defender. They're not a good defensive team. And for them to win a championship, those three offensive players are great. But when it comes to the playoffs, it's a different animal. You need guys that can be able to defend. You need guys that can be able to knock down shots. You need bigs that can be able to protect the rim. They didn't have any of that. That's what they need to address. But am I mad? No, <laughs> I, I ain't mad at all because I knew it was coming. I picked the Bucks, and I'm very happy. I'm still celebrating. Hell, the Lakers are out, and that's fine. But sometimes leaving well enough alone is much better than trying to take home that bright, shiny toy in the corner. The Brooklyn Nets had depth to start the season. They had a good roster, and they gave it up for James Harden. 
I remember saying this when the deal happened. Be careful what you wish for. Coming up after the break, Ben Simmons. What the hell do the Sixers do now? Who won the draft lottery? And who do I think is going to wear? On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, in the studio yeah. right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant oh, Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, oh, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out to somebody else's podcast. Yeah, don't make it to join. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, they even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this guy on something. Oh, even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, that's a shot of you keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump in All even podcast, right? Yeah, all shout even. Shout out to all even podcast, right? Yeah. All even. Uh, that's your man? My man. Fine. All right, shout out to all even podcast. 100%. He cool. Is he? he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. He? Oh, oh. 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 Welcome back, y'all. Move over, Doug Peterson. There is another person in Philly that everybody hates right now. Ask Ben Simmons. The Philadelphia 76ers got shocked by the Atlanta Hawks. They're losing seven games. And they had big-time double-digit leads in games four and five. Joel Embiid plays great. Yes, he has some bad turnovers and kind of wore down down the stretch. But can you blame him? Can you really blame him for running out of gas? Because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons gave the Philadelphia 76ers nothing. Literally nothing. He was 14 for 41 at the line. He shot the worst free throw percentage in playoff history. Do you know how many players have played in the playoffs in the history of the NBA? And no one has shot worse. Ben Simmons holds that crown. He is the most perplexing confusing, frustrating player to watch. You can see the kid defensively. He's a problem. He's a monster. He'd be able to guard one to five. Hell, he made it hard for for Trey Young to actually get some wiggle room and to be comfortable offensively in the series. Trey Young did have a, a good shooting night in game seven. He shot five for 23. He made some clutch baskets in the fourth quarter, but man, he struggled. Ben Simmons was a big part of that. But guess what? If you can't help your team offensively, you're hurting your team. They always used to tell me as a kid in regards to basketball. My coaches always used to say, if you're on the floor, make yourself an offensive weapon. Shoot the ball. Make them have to guard you. Because if they believe that you're not shooting the ball, You're now going to put pressure on your other teammates to have to dig you out of that hole. Double teams, traps. You're now causing a problem for your team because you refuse to shoot. Defenses love that. They can be able to pinpoint who's the weak link and they can be able to take away your strongest asset. 
That's what Ben Simmons did to the Philadelphia 76ers. Although you look at Embiid's numbers across the line, they're good. However, in certain situations where he needed somebody to get a bucket, there was no bucket to get. Hell, Seth Curry was the second best player in this series. Tobias Harris was third. Where do you think Ben Simmons falls? The man averaged nine points, six rebounds, and like seven assists for the series. For the series, he's getting paid 30 plus million dollars, and that's what he did. We saw after the game the frustration from Doc Rivers. They asked Doc Rivers a question straight up. Do you think that Ben Simmons is the point guard for this team next season? And he said, I don't know. Normally, a coach would say, hey, listen, this is our guy. You know, there's a lot of things that we can be able to work on with him. He'll come back better next year. We'll be better next year. Doc Rivers just said, yeah, I ain't going to hold you, man. I can't call it. <laughs> I can't call it. What I saw out of this series, I don't know who he is. I don't know what to expect out of him. So I just, I truly don't know. There was a situation where Ben Simmons has an open dunk under the basket and he passes it to Maxi. And who was coming over on the weak side to actually help contest the shot? Trey Young. 5'11 Trey Young. So he ran away from a guy that's literally almost a foot shorter than him. Something's going on in this guy's brain. It's kind of like when Chuck Knobloch for the Yankees all of those years ago could not throw the ball to first base. And he was the second baseman. It wasn't like he was a third baseman or he was an outfielder. He was the second baseman. He was right there. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Something's going on with this kid. And like I said, the frustration is mounting. Joel Embiid, in his press conference, they asked him, what was the turning point in the game? And you know what he said? The layup. The fact that they didn't get two points out of that possession, they went to the line and split and got one, that was the turning point in the game. That was what Joel Embiid said. He called out Ben Simmons. Because sometimes it's warranted. It really is. You want to be a consummate teammate. You want to be a good guy. You want to be the guy that totes the line and says all the right things and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, you got to call a spade a spade. Ben Simmons let his team down. And I'm not going to lie to you. If I was on that basketball team and we get back to the locker room, I'm swinging on Ben Simmons. I am. Because for what I know that he's capable of, for him to do that in this series to us, in this playoff atmosphere where the title is literally up for grabs, there's no clear-cut favorite, Bizarro Land, NBA Playoffs, Twilight Zone version, whatever you want to call it, they had a great chance of representing the Eastern Conference, and Ben Simmons let them down. As a teammate, I would be highly upset, and I would be very, very, very angry towards Ben Simmons. We heard at the press conference, he said, hey, you know, definitely got to be better, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, my God, the same nonsense PR talk. Like, yo, just, we know 
And this is the problem that I've had with Ben Simmons since day one, since his days going back to LSU, is that the kid had all of this talent, but he did not look like he had the desire to play basketball. He was just good at it. I know a lot of people in my life that have that same type of affliction. They're good at something. That doesn't mean that they love what they do. Does Ben Simmons love basketball? I don't know. We all know that LeBron James loves it. We all know that Joel Embiid loves it. We all know that many other great players out there love the game of basketball and they continue to work on their games and get better. I don't know if Ben Simmons likes basketball. I just think he plays it because he can. You can't tell me that scoring 42 points against Rudy Gobert in a regular season game, you couldn't do that against this small-ass Hawks team? There was nobody that can be able to guard Ben Simmons on that team. And he puts up nine points. I think he takes like six shots in the final six quarters of this game, of this series. Are you kidding me? That's your $35 million guy, that guy? I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. As much as I can't stand Kyle Kuzma, give me Kyle Kuzma because at least he's going to shoot. At least he's going to jack up some bad shots. Maybe one goes in. But when you don't shoot, you don't give yourself a chance to score. That's the whole point. So what does Philly do? What does Philly do with Ben Simmons? Do you give up and do you trade him? Well, he was in trade talks the entire season. So I don't think the trade talks are going to stop now. Hell, they were going to pull the trigger for James Harden. Maybe they should have did it. Maybe they should have did it. Because at least you know that James Harden would shoot the basketball. At least you would have that dynamic duo pairing that makes sense. The small big. Like I always say, is the best one-two combo in basketball. Maybe that was the way to go. But they held on to him. Why? Because of the upside. He's 24. He's great defensively. He has, he has court vision. All of these things, they're just projecting on this kid. Projecting that he's going to be the next Magic Johnson. Projecting that he has LeBron James skill set. Projecting, projecting, projecting. Newsflash. Ben Simmons is none of those guys. He's not. He's a guy that has this skill set that he may not ever be able to harness and master. That may just be the reality. Got to call a spade a spade. So what should Philly do? In my opinion, they should let him walk. They should trade him. And I'm not saying to just trade him for scraps. Don't just trade him for anything. Feel out what the market is. If you can get yourself a good guard, a great scoring guard, because that's what Joel Embiid needs. He needs a real point guard that can be able to score as well and take the pressure off of him and set people up. That's what he's looking for. So if you can be able to get that type of guy in Philly, you do it. Hell, I would even consider John Wall for Ben Simmons. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Stock is low right now. 
there's not going to be a lot of teams that are willing to give up high value for Ben Simmons right now because, like I said, his stock is in the toilet. It's in the toilet. So what, what can Philly do? They can only gauge the market and see what happens. But I honestly believe that Ben Simmons possibly has played his last game in Philadelphia. There was also a report, not even a report, but Stephen A. Smith on his show First Take said that somebody close to the situation says that Ben Simmons doesn't work hard, he doesn't listen to anybody, he his inner circle and the people that he listens to are just family members. And there's nobody in that particular circle or the family members that can be able to tell him the right thing to do. If there's some truth behind that, Philly is in big trouble if they keep him. Because if he's not willing to change, then you're going to have Joel Embiid look at management. You say, you know what? I'm out. And you really can't afford to lose that guy. You can afford to lose the 6'10 guy that can't shoot, that has all the quote-unquote upside and potential. The guy that's giving you 30 points a game, 11 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 2 blocks, that finished second in the MVP voting this year, that carried your team in the playoffs and in this second round, and if he had some additional help from quote-unquote the second best player on this team, they would be advancing right now. It would be Sixers-Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. Instead, we have an Atlanta Hawks team that shouldn't be there. Shouts to the Hawks, played well. But let's keep it 100. Let's just keep it 100. So what is the ideal situation for Ben Simmons? Where do I see him going? Well, I think Chicago is a pretty interesting fit there. I think Chicago, I think Washington, uh, I, I think the Knicks. There's a lot of teams that I can see be able to vie for Ben's services. So we'll see what happens. But the other thing in Philadelphia that needs to change, and in my opinion, is that I think, I think Doc Rivers is shot. I think that it's, it may be time for him to step down, because these last two years, in regards to, you have the players pointing fingers at Doc in Los Angeles. You now have this particular colossal breakdown. He can't get through to his star point guard. Star point guard looks disinterested. There's frustration. There's dysfunction underneath the surface Doc Rivers really looks like it's time to to step away he's lost nine game sevens in his career nine he's blown three three one leads it's crazy when I'm looking for a scary movie to pick to watch I'm not looking for The Conjuring. I'm not looking for Saw. I'm not looking for Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not looking for none of those. I am just going to put in Doc Rivers' Game 7. It's the scariest movie out there. Don't watch if you don't want to cringe. So Daryl Morey has a lot to... He got a lot to do, man. I ain't going to lie to you. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough offseason. Between Ben Simmons... Kyle Kuzma, Rudy Gobert. It's a lot of decisions for different teams. Moving on, 
Moving on. NBA draft lottery was tonight. And a lot of teams, their fates are now decided in regards to who they're going to take. The Detroit Pistons win the lottery. Houston Rockets get the number two pick. Cleveland moves up and gets number three. Toronto gets number four. And the Orlando Magic get number five. So, who do I think is going where and why? Well, first off, let's start with Detroit because shouts to Detroit. You know, they've had a rough go at the last 15 years or so. So the fact that they can be able to get right, get this number one pick, and really build around a superstar young player, can't ask for anything more if you're Detroit. So who does Detroit take? Well, they take Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is the consensus number one player in this draft. So he's definitely going number one. Out of Oklahoma State, 6'8", point guard, can be able to space the floor, run the break. He can shoot, handle. There's not much that Cade can't do. So they're going to, you know, they're going to be able to figure it out. They, they, you know, they drafted Killian Hayes last year. They can be able to put Cade at the two or put Killian at the two or whatever, whatever they have to do, they'll do. Cade can be able to play three positions. So there's a lot of different flexibility moves and where they can be able to put them. That's not going to be a problem for Dwayne Casey and that staff. So Cade Cunningham goes number one to the Pistons. Number two, the Houston Rockets. They are, right now, they're the gatekeepers for the entire top ten of this draft. I believe that if Houston goes a certain way, it'll shake up the draft. If they go another way, you know, teams can be able to possibly get what they want. And right now, what I'm telling you right now is that Houston is... They're probably having internal discussions right now, and they're probably 50-50 split, maybe 60-40. But the guy that they need to draft is Evan Mobley out of USC. Evan Mobley, seven feet tall, shot blocker. He blocked three shots a game in college. Smart player, high basketball IQ. Young guy, already has good mechanics in regards to shooting the basketball. Scored about 16 and a half points, nine rebounds a game. So if they go there, if Houston goes big with Evan Mobley, the sky's the limit. Because the thing with him is that there's no cap to his ceiling. He can be able to be whatever he wants. He can be a stretch five, a dominant Hakeem Olajuwon type of five. He could probably play the four. Hell, if he gets guard skills, he may be able to play the three. That's how versatile this kid is. He can handle the ball already. So I think that Houston would be smart to draft Evan Mobley number two. Number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think there's the only one spot for them to go to. And that's Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green, you know, played in the G League this year, 
play very well, 18 points a game. The guy is a phenomenal scorer. He has the potential to be a 30-point scorer in this league. Cleveland needs a scoring wing. He's exactly what the doctor ordered in Cleveland. So I think that Jalen Green is a perfect fit here uh, with Garland and Sexton. He can be able to move around two, three. So Jalen Green is the guy here. Definitely Jalen Green. Number four, the Toronto Raptors. I got the Toronto Raptors taking Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. They're going to lose Kyle Lowry in free agency. Jalen Suggs is a bright young player, is a winning player, comes from a winning program. He has great basketball vision, high IQ, one of the best IQs I've seen in recent memory in regards to a young player coming out of the draft. Really reminds me of, of Chris Paul in regards to his pure point guard ability. I'm not saying he's Chris Paul. I'm saying that he has that pure point guard ability. He's not going to be able to average 11 assists out the gate, but he can definitely give you 7.5 assists in his rookie season. 13, 14 points, 7.5 assists. He can shoot. He's a winner. You can tell that he's very, very competitive, and that's what you're going to need. You're going to need some leadership. You're going to need some poise. Toronto's losing one of their best players of all time. Definitely going to be an iconic player and a player that gets his jersey retired for Toronto. That's going to happen for Kyle Lowry. So they lose him. You get a guy like Jalen Suggs. That's the way to build for your future. That's definitely a smart way to go if you are the Toronto Raptors. Number five, Orlando Magic. Who do I have going to the Orlando Magic? Well, it's two guys. I either have Davion Mitchell out of Baylor, guard that can be able to fill it up, and he can also play defense, great defender, was a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year this year, shot 45% from three, a little undersized in regards to being 6'1", 6'2", but man, is he a dog defensively. That's a guy that you can be able to put on that team. It's a clunky fit because you have so, some other guards there, but they can definitely be able to work him in the, into the rotation. But the other guy that I like for Orlando is Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes at 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan, you can be able to create havoc defensively, and that's what you need in this league. You need guys that can be able to defend and if his offensive game is not there right away, then that's fine. But you have enough offense. You got Cole Anthony. You have Markel Fultz, who's going to possibly be back early. You also have Jonathan Isaacs. You know, he's coming back. So there's a lot of different ways that they can go. But like I said, if I have to choose one, I honestly believe that they're going Scotty Barnes. That's just my opinion. In other news, though, let's go ahead and cover this. Game that's going on right now, game two between the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. Phoenix is up 100 to 95 with 90 seconds to go. Paul George, well, maybe I can call him what I've always called him. Waldo George has made an appearance in the Western Conference Finals, y'all. 20 points, 8 for 21, 1 for 8 from the 3, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Waldo George has arrived. What a terrible game by Paul George. 
and they still have the ability to win this game. Reggie Jackson continues his stellar playoff. 19 points, 5 rebounds on 7 of 15 shooting. Evita Subach had a good game, 14 points, 11 rebounds. But they got nothing out of Marcus Morris. He was a game-time decision. He ended up playing, got a bad knee. But they got, you know, contributions out of Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Rondo. For Phoenix, Devin Booker has struggled as well, 4 for 15, 18 points. But Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne is going to make himself a lot of money in, in free agency this summer. A lot of money. 29 points, 12 of 23 shooting, 8 assists. DeAndre Ayton, another great stellar game for him. 22 points, 14 rebounds. Sarich has 11 off the bench. Cam Johnson has 11 off the bench. So this team is playing really well. Phoenix is doing exactly what they have to do. Cameron Payne hits a big, big bucket. To put them up 195, that big three. Luke Kennard just hit a jump shot, so now it's 97-100. 106 left. This is an important game for both teams because both of their number one stars are out. So if they can be able to accumulate as many wins without their number one guys, that's important. So if the Clippers can be able to steal home court after being down pretty much this entire game, that's a big win for them because maybe they get quiet back in game three. Maybe they don't. But the fact that they they control home court going home now, big, big time advantage for the Clippers. If Phoenix wins this game, Phoenix goes up 2-0. Chris Paul possibly has a chance to play in game three, possibly game four and game five. But being up 2-0, it's really, really big now. We've seen that the Clippers... For two straight rounds, they don't care about being down 0-2. They can be able to come back in the series and dominate. This, it could be different. I'm not even making a prediction because it's Bizarro World, Twilight Zone NBA playoffs. I'm not doing a prediction. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say that it's all about the coaching adjustments. I said that the only matchup that I want to see it's not Devin Booker against Paul George. It's not Aiton against Zubats. It's not anybody against anybody on the court. It's about Monty Williams and Ty Lue. That's where this series is going to be won. What coach is going to make the adjustments? What coach is going to be able to push the right buttons to get their team over the hump? Ty Lue has pushed all the right buttons so far in the playoffs. Same thing with Monty Williams. Who's the one that blinks first? I can't wait. This is, this is what makes series so compelling. When you have two good coaches and they're trying to outdo the other. I can't wait. It, it's, it's really been a fun series so far. Paul George got fouled, made a free throw. It's 98-100. He makes the other free throw. It's 99 to 100 right now. Wow. 34 seconds left. 30 seconds left. Paul George gives them the lead. 101, 100. What a game. Paul George has woken up a little bit. Man, like I said, man, if the Clippers find a way to win this game, 
this is this is gonna be big for them. Huge win for them. Huge win. Devin Booker had a, a just a costly turnover. It's you know you you can't turn the ball over like that. You really can't. You you have to take care of the ball. You gotta make sure that you make smart plays, especially in the final minute of a game. Up five with 90 seconds to go, you gotta be able to protect that lead. You just have to. So you know Monty Williams and and a bunch of they lose this game, they're gonna really be kicking themselves in the face. The Twilight Zone playoffs continue. It's just, just the fact that the Clippers are here in this situation. It just it bothers me. It bothers me. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. This is Cigar Gents and Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So, who's my candidate for Dummy of the Week? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is... Frank Clark, defensive tackle, pass rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs. Frank Clark is my candidate for because, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what if I were to tell you that this particular football player signed a big lucrative contract with his team? Everything is fine. You know, they just lost in the Super Bowl, but they have a good team they can be able to run it back this guy is having a great career can have a great possibly hall of fame career that's how talented he is so you would think that there's nothing that would stop him from achieving that nothing that would get in the way no no instead he wants to play like this is delta force or rambo with all the ammunition in a duffel bag in his Lambo SUV. Got pulled over. It's always the guys that have an absorbent amount of guns in the trunk or in the back seat that they always get pulled over by the cops. Where was he going? What war was he fighting? Why would you need an Uzi? (laughs) Why would you need an Uzi? And you a football player. What is going on here? It's like they don't learn. Dudes get pulled over for the same thing every year. Every two years. And nobody learns. That is the definition of being a dummy. There has to be no brain cells left for him to think, That loading a duffel bag with an Uzi and a whole bunch of other firearms was a good idea. 
Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Not only am I driving a very expensive car that makes me a target because I am a black man, but I'm also gonna have a bazooka in the back. <laughs> I'm gonna have a grenade launcher, rocket launcher, Uzi, all of these things in the back. They'll never know. They'll never know. The cop must have pulled them over and said, this was too easy. This was too easy. You might as well had dumbass written all over your head, dumbass written all over the car, because you can't make this up. You can't make this up. 28 years old, and now he is in jeopardy of losing that money with his team and losing, losing his freedom. That's the sad part. Why would you do this? Why don't they learn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Schmo, he got caught with the guns. That ain't gonna happen to me. You know why? Because I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not gonna have the guns on the seat by itself. I'm gonna put it in a duffel bag. That'll hide it. Five years, $104 million that you got from the Chiefs. How about you build a gun range in your house and just shoot all the guns you want? As long as you got a, 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 a license to carry, do that. But you got to go around like you're the Punisher. <laughs> Frank Clark thought he was the Punisher. <laughs> he wasn't Frank. <laughs> he wasn't Frank Clark that day. He was Frank Castle. <laughs> oh, man. You can't make this up. How are these people so stupid? How are they so stupid? You can't even feel sorry for them because they're so dumb. You just sit back and watch as the idiot jumps the turnstile and the cops are on the other end. <laughs> uh. So Frank Clark, you really are an idiot. <laughs> but you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.